So you know how this goes. 11 pages. Now, granted, over the last year and a half, I've moved up to 14 point font. <laughs> so there's just automatically more pages, but 11 pages. How many scriptures did I send you this time, Zachary? <laughs> and I said, I said, here's the scriptures I want to read other than the ones I'm going to just reference because there's a whole bunch to just mention. But, and as I'm typing and I'm like, man, this is 12. I'm like, this is longer than I thought it was going to be. And that's okay. <clears throat> so, you know, you start thinking about something. I pulled out this it's an older Bible study. I don't think I've done it since 2016, 2017. And you're like, okay, I think this is what we're going to do. And then suddenly things start getting in your mind. Or sometimes it confirms it, sometimes it doesn't. So just as a, a heads up, I'm going to talk about fasting tonight, okay? So when I, I started reading this yesterday, I have done nothing but eat for 36 hours. I mean, it's like, I stopped today, I put things in my little app, and it dawned on me, I ate four meals today. <laughs> when you look at, I mean, I, I spread it out, but the flashy numbers, four meals today, I just kept eating. Um, and then pastor's been preaching and talking about commitment, commitment to prayer, commitment to giving, some of those foundational things. We were talking last night, we had a meeting in here, Lord, um, I told mom, I said, I'll be home by 8, 8.30. I come walking in the door. That's how those meetings go. And we were talking about elementary things had come up in our conversation. Those basic, basic things. And that's where we come in with fasting. Now, the title I gave him was you even used you seriously you used a picnic font talk about ironic man killing me here Zachary oh wow wow when you fast okay so fasting oh I don't want to talk about it it's kind of boring and I don't like to do it it's that part of the word that I'm going to ignore. You know how when we treat the word like a buffet. I don't want the Brussels sprouts. And I don't want the fried okra that's all slimy. But I want the green beans, right? Fasting is the fried okra that nobody wants. Or those of you that want it, it's the beans. How's that? Okay. But unfortunately... We do need to talk about it once in a while. And because we've been talking about prayer and standing, standing firm, Wednesday night at camp last week, I don't know how many of you were there, but Brother Colthorpe really was talking about continuing to stand. We've been standing. We've been holding the gate. We've been holding our place. But the world just keeps coming, and we have to continue to stand in that place and, and hold up that standard. And so those basics, those foundational things, I feel like are, 
not necessarily more important than they used to be, but just as important as they used to be. And so maybe some of you, this is just, you've already checked out because I fast once a week. I, you know, the Lord and I, we've got this worked out. There's nothing I need to know about fasting. Fantastic. You work on your grocery list in your brain because it will be food related. I'm just telling you, if you try to check out of this mentally, it will be food related. Um, <clears throat> so definition, right? Webster's, what is fasting? It's a verb to abstain from all food. You are dismissed. Don't forget to put your offering in the plate. Okay, we're done. Number two, to eat sparingly or of certain kinds of food, especially as a religious observance. Uh, to cause to abstain entirely from or limit food, to be put on a fast, to fast a patient for a day before surgery, an abstinence from food, or limiting of one's food, especially when voluntary or as a religious observance, or a day or period of fasting. Okay, <clears throat> fast. It means to not ingest or take in food, or sometimes water, depending on what kind of fast you're doing, right? Um, for a particular period of time. We were talking some last night about things that are measurable. You don't just say, I'm going to fast and then stop sometime, right? You fasting for a day or I'm fasting for a week or, or whatever. And so it's usually for a particular period of time. And we see it first talked about in the book of Esther when the queen asks her uncle to request others to fast for her. Esther 4 and 16. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast you for me. And neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. They must have really loved this woman. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So she's asking others to fast while she's preparing to do this thing. Usually it's at least for a day. You know, I've heard people say, well, I'm, I fasted breakfast this week. Yeah, well, I do that sometimes too. When I get up late. And, and then I have an early meeting, and then the next thing you know, it's lunch. Not entirely sure it counts as a fast, all right? Um, typically it was a day or more. And as it's hinted in the quote, of course, they were Jews, so they were looking at these days in terms of an evening and a morning, right? We, in the 21st century, have electricity. So the world turns 24 hours a day, and our lives may not follow that night and a morning kind of thing, whatever a day is to you. Like, Brother Mark, I worked midnights for a year or two. I'm so sorry. From what I remember, exactly. You don't know what day it is. You may know that it's daytime, but it's not your daytime. So, yeah, it gets a little funky. It depends on your schedule. Fasting is meant to be a private act between us and God. Now, I will admit, I think my staff know when it's happening. They don't know what's happening. But Teresa is a little different today than she was yesterday or this morning. Um, and that's just because I think our personalities get a little wonky. But I'm not doing the, oh, this is awful. 
What's wrong, T? Oh, I'm fasting and the Lord's going to do great things. I'm starving. You know, we don't do that. Um, <clears throat> we don't. We try to keep it private. We don't boast about it. We're not trying to make people think we're more spiritual. Goodness sakes. Don't lie about it. Because just to make you, did you, did you fast? Oh, yes, I did. Well, did you? Because just telling me you did doesn't make you more spiritual. If you didn't, it just makes you a liar. It doesn't hurt me, right? It doesn't hurt me. Okay, we're not trying to be more spiritual. Matthew 6, 16 to 18 says, Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So it's scripture that we're not broadcasting this. Okay? I can see it now. One of those Facebook frames you can put on your cover. I'm fasting. <laughs> Oh, I bet there's one out there. Now I'm going to go look. Because you know there's one out there somewhere. I mean, I didn't make it, but you know somebody made one. <clears throat> it's important to remember that the fasting itself is not the end. It's a way for us to draw close to God and to focus our mind to think like he does. But it should also lead us to be more Christ-like. It is not to make God do what you want him to do. And that is how I grew up thinking about fasting. I mean, that's how it, I don't think ever, anybody ever just said that, that I remember. But that's what it felt like when you were a kid, right? You're doing this so that God will do X, Y, Z. I do this, he's got to do this. It's ludicrous. Um, it helps us to be more like him. It gets us out of the way. So we can do more Christ-like things. We can help people who are oppressed. We can feed the hungry, provide shelter. We give clothes to those who are in need. Isaiah 58, 6 and 7 gives us an example of this. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you might break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou might bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh? This is why I'm fasting, to be more Christ-like. Now, in the Bible, fasting is typically related to food and water. Today, yes, we still have the traditional, but we find other things that we can fast as well. Other things that we get pleasure from. Other things that we consume. You know, there wasn't as much of that back then. You know, what are you going to do, fast and not go to the donkey race or the camel races this week? You know, is that, what do you fast, right? They didn't have copies of the Bible or any book, right? Because printing press hadn't been in, check your history, right? Printing press hadn't been in, in existence, etc. I mean, what, what else do they have to fast, you know? Um, go to bed early. Well, they went to bed when it got dark anyways. They were... They got up when it was light. They went to, okay, so it wasn't a lot of things to fast. We, on the other hand, 
have lots of things that consume us while we consume it. Okay, now some of it is inherently probably not good for us. And then some of it is, oh, it's fine for me, and it's still not good for you. So, excuse me, there are the things that we just shouldn't do. Shouldn't read, shouldn't hear, shouldn't listen to, shouldn't watch, shouldn't talk about, shouldn't laugh about, uh, shouldn't play games about, that sort of thing. And then there are those things that, one of the biggest ones I see today is the news. There may be nothing wrong with the news story, but we get so involved in what's happening next and who's going to do this next and what's their reaction going to be. And suddenly that's all we think about. And we haven't really given much thought to what we do need to be consuming. So there's a lot of things. Things that give us pleasure. Some days words with friends give me pleasure. Some days words with friends does not give me pleasure. If I'm playing elder sister Bishop Nave, I'm not getting pleasure. You can't beat the woman. I don't know what it is. You cannot beat that woman at words with friends. It's just, it just doesn't work. Um, some of you probably have things that, you know, can consume your time, even when you don't mean it to. You know the age old, I'm going to check this video before I go to bed, and two hours later, you turn out the light. Because you watch the video of Charlotte and Jonathan singing on America's Got Talent. And then the next thing you know, you've got the little girl from, I don't know, Argentina or something. And, right? and then you're like dancing puppies. And it just it never ends. Consuming things. Okay. So we, while this is going to talk mostly about food and water, we understand that in 2023, there are other things that we can set aside to let God move in us. Maybe we need to empty something out a little bit. Make room for God to put something in. We're real good at filling it all up. And there ain't nothing for God to put in because we filled it all up. All right. What types of fasting are there? I will preface this by saying, I'm not saying one person's name. I'm going to call it the D word. Okay? Because I am not going to say his full name. There's a partial fast. Mr. D and his three friends ate only vegetables and drunk water for 10 days. Now that one's not too bad. Except for some reason, the preachers in 2023 won't ever go with the 10 days. No, they want to look at the second time around. Some years later, when he went on, Mr. D went on another partial fast. In those days, I, Mr. D, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread. Neither came flesh, nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Not necessary. Ten days was an acceptable partial fast for Mr. D and his friends. Okay? I can't say the words together because someone in the room will take that as a sign that we need to do it. <clears throat> We know that John the Baptist only ate locusts and honey. Christ said of him, for John came neither eating nor drinking. I wouldn't eat locusts either. I think I'd be inclined to fast. Um, locusts were the food of the common people, poor man's food. And it's possible 
that he just kind of lived this life of partial fasting, which is another thing we see today. People who are doing fasting as their way of life for weight loss, for health, uh, 12 and 12, 18 and 6, 23 and 1. There's different ratios, right, where they only eat a certain number of hours a day and not the other hours of the day. Which, if it was me, probably wouldn't have been great for me today. Except I think I still could have gotten all four meals into about six or eight hours. I'm just saying. I tried really hard. I, I can't even explain it. It's like I just kept eating all day because of this. Because of this. There's the complete, that's a partial fast. There's a complete fast. This fast is an abstaining from all food, but continuing to drink water. It's considered a normal or a typical fast, whether it's a day, a week, or a month. Yeah. Throughout the Bible, this is what is meant typically when the word fasting is used. The most frequent length is either a day or an unspecified length of time. In other words, they fasted until they received an answer. That's where it gets dangerous to me because if you're trying to make God do something for you and you're going to fast until God does this thing for you, you, you might be in trouble. You might be really skinny when it's all over, but you might be in trouble. Christ fasted 40 days from food in the wilderness, which is the longest we read of in the New Testament. During a fast from food, the waters... You know, should purify your whole system because you're not putting anything else in. If we're reading the word of God when we fast, that's also helping us be purified, right? Not just our physical bodies, but our minds. You can add the water fast where it's food and water. Esther and Mordecai called the people to a fast, no food or water for three days. What's the safe limit on water, Aunt Janice? Do you go without any liquids? Four days. Okay. Huh? Could be wrong, but something like four days. Okay. When Ezra was grieved over the people, he drew aside to mourn, pray, and fast without food and water. The king of Nineveh called for this kind of fast when the city was under the threat of judgment. After Paul was converted on the road to Damascus, he was led to a home and spent the first three days of his new life abstaining from food and water. You can read about those in Esther 4, Ezra 10, Jonah 3, and Acts 9. Then there's that supernatural fast. We're told of Moses. And he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. He conducted this type of fast twice. That's impossible to do naturally. That was supernatural, right? God had to be there. God created the body, so God kept the body alive, right? I mean, literally. That's not the kind of thing we do, all right? We are not monks trying to protest some government. We're going to starve ourselves or something like that, okay? God's not going to respond to that the way you think he is. Um, He's going to put somebody with Snickers in front of you and get you to eat. Or two little Johns with a pickle and sweet tea, and popcorn chicken and tots and some other things. So partial fast, complete fast, add the water, supernatural fast. 
Now, the importance of fasting is, I think, where we get tripped up because we kind of think of it as, well, I'm praying. So I've got half of the prayer and fasting thing down. You know that scripture that says, this cometh not but by prayer and fasting? Well, I'm praying, and that's the most important part. Got that down, so I'm okay. Right. As, who was it? Oh, she's not in here. As Sister Carissa said last night, it's all in there for a reason. Even the parts we don't like, it's in there for a reason. Prayer and fasting. Now, a lot of these notes came from Sister Thetis Tenney, crazy wise woman, um, unbelievable writer, and she talks about the importance of fasting. Prayer isn't preparation for your battle. Prayer is your battle. Your battle happens in prayer. And of all the things that we can do to enhance the power and the focus of our prayer, fasting is probably one of the most powerful to do that. It enhances the power of your prayer. Okay, It's kind of like switching you out from a six-shooter to some big fancy weapon that I don't know anything about. I was going to try to pull out a name like a I don't know, a assault rifle or something in comparison to a six-shooter, right? It, it powers you up. If you're playing a video game, it's a power-up. I don't know how you get them, but I've heard people talk about them. Don't you laugh at me, Brother Joe. Aren't there power-up things? Am I wrong? I mean, I don't know how to get them, but I know that they're there, okay? I can't play the games anyways, but I know that they're there. Power-up. <clears throat> And in, in Pac-Man, it used to make him faster, real fast, <clears throat> yeah, faster. Um, so it kind of, it, it, it makes it more potent. This is where the power is at, because fasting puts us in harmony with an all-powerful God who demands humility from those who want to be close to him. On any given day, I am the least humble person on the planet. I get in my mirror, and I comb my hair. It may not look like it, but I comb my hair and I try to put it up because I want to look nice. That's not humility, right? I want to look nice for the day. I want to, right? Um, I make sure things like in my office are set a certain way so that when people come, they won't think I'm a slob. So I don't let them in my room, but they come to my office at work. Okay, because we want to present this nice, this nice thing. Um, <clears throat> we talk about things we know about, so that we sound knowledgeable and, and educated. We don't talk. We don't purposely talk about things we don't know about, because we don't want to sound stupid. Because, right? We want people to think well of us. But God wants us to be humble. Yes, he wants you to brush your hair. But not because you necessarily because you want to look nice, but because you are representing him. And I gotta be honest, that's not what I think about in the morning. When I'm combing my hair, I'm not thinking, better make sure I look good today because I'm gonna be representing Jesus at work. It does not come to me. Now, if it comes to you and you are more spiritual than that, fantastic. It's not me. I'm just like, oh, it's not supposed to be there. It's supposed to be over here. And then finally I'm like, forget it. It's wherever it's going to be. And I walk out the door. <clears throat> he wants us to be humble. Okay. Now, 
I would be interested to know how many of you tomorrow morning, the first time you look in the mirror, it's going to be like this little nagging thing in the back of your head, be like, I got to look good for Jesus, <laughs> okay? It's going to just like be there. It's going to be right there in your ear. <clears throat> he wants us to be humble. Fasting will make you humble, okay? You're putting your desires down. Um, I don't know what I would have done today without all that food. Well, I'd probably feel better right now. That's probably true. <laughs> I'm just saying, I would feel better. But it, would, it brings humility when you're, if it's not just food, I'm letting go of things that I like to do. Those electronics fasts he does. Man, it's not because I'm on Facebook all day. I'm not. But I'm checking email. I'm shopping. I'm setting up a Walmart order. Could it wait till Friday? Of course it could. But I'm doing all these things, right? I've got this instant gratification thing going on. So fasting those things, this is in no way a sign that you need to do one. Okay, preacher. But it makes us hum humble. gives us humility. Humbles our flesh. When we do it for that reason, it pleases God. It involves spiritual intensity and intercession. Fasting should always be accompanied with prayer, meditation, and Bible study. So this is the difference between fasting we talk about in the Bible, our spiritual lives, and the fasting that some of you do for your health, okay? Health is fasting. Spiritual includes prayer. If you're fasting without prayer and meditation, you're just taking care of your body. You're not fasting for spiritual reasons, right? Okay. I probably should say taking care of your body is not a bad thing, all right? That's a biblical too, but it's not the kind of fasting we're talking about. There should be some prayer, some meditation, maybe some Bible study, okay? You can go to certain distances in God and experience many things without fasting much, but your highest, richest, and most powerful blessings will go together with other disciplines. Those, they, those people fast much unto God. Um... Biblical characters were all men of fasting and prayer. Jesus was in Matthew 4. So was the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians. Moses fasted 80 days. Elijah fasted 40 days. The early church fasted before starting any major work. If done right, it counts a lot in getting you where you need to be for God to do something. We're not twisting his arm. He already wants to do good stuff for you. Okay? He wants to work stuff out for you. This is us getting ourselves out of the way because sometimes that's why he can't do stuff for us because we get in the way. Fasting gets us out of the way. It takes patience and endurance to fast for more than one day. And I was thinking about this. I think that's part of the problem with the Mr. D fast. It's a lot of work. You know, when Mr. D was alive, you pretty much had vegetables and meat probably wasn't too hard to just not eat the meat and eat the vegetables we can't really do that today you have to plan you, you can't even just open a can of green beans sometimes and be okay with the defast because it's got sugar in it right so i think that's part of the problem it's so much work on top of i'm starving just saying just saying it's a lot of work to fast, especially if you're going to do it more than one day. You have to plan. You live with somebody else in your house. It's hard to fast if you're not doing it on the same day. Okay? 
Um, a couple of friends of mine, they've lived together for the entire time I've known them. They've always fasted the same day, always. It just made life easier. So they can plan their meals, right? They can plan their meals accordingly. It takes work to fast. Sometimes, if we realize we want to go far with God, we have to bite the bullet and embrace what God wants us to do. Don't be mistaken in your ideas that fasting will move God. Even if we wanted to, we cannot manipulate God. You can manipulate your children. You might be able to manipulate your spouse. I would be interested to know how long they'll be your spouse if you're doing that. Um, you can manipulate your boss, but you probably can't manipulate God. It's getting us out of the way. One of the greatest spiritual benefits is becoming more aware of our inadequacies and God's adequacy. The purpose of all disciplines is to change us to be more Christ-like. We give because he, was, he gives. That's his nature. That's why we give. It's the nature of God to give, to take care of others. To, that, that's why we do that. Uh, we pray because that's how we communicate with God, right? Fasting is, is the same thing. It's this discipline that's going to get us closer to him. Fasting gives you God's focus for your life and is a major key to hearing his voice. Brother Jones was preaching Thursday night about when God speaks and having, and, and having the ability to let God speak into your life. But if you're all filled up, you can't receive the words because you're all filled up. This helps us receive that. Well, that's not good. That's page four. We're not going to get through all this. That's okay. One of the reasons the fasting um, is a part of our lives is because God knew it was going to be an evil world. We live in a more evil world today than ever. If we're not careful, we find ourselves indulging in all the stuff. And as I apparently proved today with the food, no, listen, it was funny, but it's true. You can overindulge. So, so I had the question when I was putting the stuff in my little app, you know, and watching the little light flash at me and then it turned red and then it started flashing yellow. Um, <clears throat> at what point did I go from overeating to gluttony? There's no mark somewhere, right? I'm guessing the fact that I thought of it is probably not a good idea because that probably means I'm, I'm like, okay, so tomorrow I'm needing nothing but celery and water. Maybe some cucumber with a little cream cheese. Okay, right? Um, <clears throat> anything that we do, we can become indulgent in to a point where it's no longer good for us spiritually, let alone physically. If you read Westerns, one of my favorite pastors in the world was a Western freak fanatic, loved to read Westerns. But he didn't read them so much that that's all he thought about had to get back to the story the next day, didn't get his Bible reading in that week because he had to finish that book, right? He didn't become overindulged in it. Fasting helps us to where, not just keeps us from sin, indulging in sin, but indulging those things that aren't necessarily bad, but we make them bad 
by overindulging. Okay, sometimes we need fast for different purposes. Sometimes it's spirit-led. We are sensitive to the Holy Ghost, and he draws us into a time of fasting for a specific issue. It was the Holy Spirit that led Christ into the wilderness to fast. Sometimes it's a lifestyle of fasting. Um, this is done with a desire to follow after God and, and not necessarily in response to a specific need. There's the emergency fasting. Esther, oh my goodness, they're killing us. I got to go to the king. Let's have a three-day fast. Somebody's been in a bad accident. We don't know if they're going to make it, right? That kind of emergency. Then there's those godly church leader calls of fast times. <clears throat> there are fasts when we fast alone and privately, but there are also times to join together with other believers in fasting. The defast, the electronics fast, things like that. Why do we do it? Sometimes we fast in repentance for mercy. When the wicked king Ahab heard that God was about to judge him for sin, he sought God in prayer and fasting, and God heard him. Many other times, when the people of Israel sinned against God, they turned to him in prayer, fasting, and mourning, and God heard them and restored them. First uh, Samuel 7, this is one of the example, verses 4 to 6. <clears throat> then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth and serve the Lord only. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together to Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. They were fasting in repentance for mercy. Even the wicked city of Nineveh, right? They were preserved when they sought God in prayer and fasting. Sometimes we fast for victory against the enemy. Israel, many times under attack by the enemy or about to attack the enemy, they sought God in prayer and fasting and went out to win great victories. When the disciples couldn't cast the demon out of the lunatic boy, God told them that it was because they did not add fasting to their praying. That's where it says this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. It is worth noting, no, that was a different, it was a sentence I struck out. I was going to say it. Um, so we've got in repentance for mercy, for victory against the enemy, in ministry unto the Lord. We're told this about Anna in Luke 2.37. She departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. The first mention of fasting in the New Testament is in connection here with the presentation of the infant Jesus at the temple. We have Simeon and Anna, and they're seeking the infant. Anna's constant service to God is called fastings and prayer. The original word is one that I cannot pronounce, N-H-S-T-E-I-V-A-I. -I. I challenge anyone in this room. Yeah, I didn't think so. I need to look at, I need to go look it up like with the phonetic thing. <clears throat> it means not having eaten or being without nourishment. And in this instance, it's looked on favorably. It's, it's a way of serving God. She was serving night and day with fastings and prayer. There's no indication she was required to do it, but they were prompted by her own 
feeling of needing to do so. At the church in Antioch, we're told the believers gathered together in service with one goal, that of ministering unto the Lord. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. It was part of their ministry. We also do it for personal need. Mr. D prayed and fasted for understanding. Hannah prayed and fasted for a child. Ezra for guidance. Paul fasted often for every type of situation you can think of. Every important decision of life, like a job. Have you ever fasted about taking a job? You know, have you? We pray about it. I know we've prayed about taking jobs. Do we add fasting to it? What about a move? Now, I bet some people will have prayed about moving from this house to this house, but maybe they fasted when it was about moving from this state to this state for like a big change or something. Um, what about fasting for your ministry? Fasting about a spouse. I'm not asking the newlyweds in the room. I know they prayed about whether or not to get married, but I don't know if they had fasting there, and we're not going to put them on the spot. But we, it's not just prayer for things. It's prayer and fasting. I don't remember if I fasted over that 30 years ago. Do you remember if you had time of prayer? I'm not asking you to say yes or no. I'm just wondering if you remember the time you didn't fast for her. Okay. You just knew it. God gave you the word and you, you went. Okay. <clears throat> she, I love that. Yes. Yes classic so the oldest married couple no let me rephrase that i'm sorry that came out wrong the longest married couple and the shortest married couple i don't know if that merged either um but there are things we can fast about that i don't think we think about fasting about you know what i mean we we think about fasting over desperate spiritual situations um I remember as a kid, fasting was almost always talked about in terms of we're in some kind of um, battle, spiritual battle in the church. And that's where the fasting was coming. It was always about breaking battle. But it turns out in the Bible, fasting is used for a whole lot more than just that. Okay? And it goes hand in hand with prayer. Oh my goodness. I'm almost out of time. The last set, fasting is used in things like separating leaders, elders, and missionaries to their tasks. After Paul and Barnabas completed their first official church-sponsored foreign missionary effort, they visited each church they'd established to be sure that leadership was in place. And it was, this is kind of a pattern for Paul. So in Acts 14.23, it says, And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. So in connection with ordaining their elders, they were praying and fasting. Um, first missionaries in Acts 13, it starts by saying that the church at Antioch was served by a group of prophets and teachers. And Antioch was a pretty significant city at the time, capital Syria, and it was a chief seat of, this, of the Eastern civilization. And Luke wrote that the church there was ministering and fasting, the Holy Spirit ministering and fasting. Um, there are other occasions in the New Testament where 
this is linked with prayer and fasting. Approving yourself as a minister of God. Those of you that are ministers in the house or seeking to be ministers, I love, love, that there are a lot more ladies out there getting their license and, and becoming official ministers. When Aunt Janice did it back in the 20th century, <laughs> I didn't know how else to say it without getting too crazy. It was not very common for women to be licensed. And now we're seeing that, you know, more and more, which I think is really great. <coughs> but Paul says, in all things, appointing, approving yourselves as the ministers of God. So in, um, I believe this is 2 Corinthians 6, 4 to 10. So this whole thing is about approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, and necessities, and distresses, in stripes, and imprisonments, and tumults, and labors, and watchings, and fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering. Okay? Fastings was part of that, proving themselves a minister of God. So when we fast... Why are you doing it? Are you just doing it because, you know, you're fighting a battle? Or are you, do you have opportunity in your life to do fasting and repentance for mercy? Do we have opportunity? Sometimes we think repentance is just about slobbering and snotting before God, promising I'll never do it again, feeling really, 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 really sorry, and, like I said, lots of crying while we pray. But maybe we also put some fasting with it for that repentance and mercy. I'm not saying you're fasting every day. I'm just saying these are things that the Bible talks about how fasting is used. It's not just the way we think of it for battle. Victory against the enemy. The devil is fighting every single church or family in this church. Guaranteed. I've heard some of you talk about it. I see it occasionally on Facebook. Not in a bad way. I'm just saying, you know, you can see posts. Um, Every family in this church faces battle from the enemy. Sometimes it's for the salvation of your kids. Sometimes it's for your livelihood. Sometimes it's for your peace, your sanity. I mean, there's all kinds of things out there. And uh, maybe fasting is a way that you can start bringing some victory into your family, into your, your lives there. Okay. Here are a couple of examples from the word about fasting. This is in Ezra chapter 8. Ezra the priest fasted for God's protection while carrying valuable things for the temple. So he's fasting for protection, okay? Ezra 8, 21 to 23. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance. For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way, because we had spoken unto the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him, but his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. So we fasted and besought our God for this, and he was entreated of us. I think that's actually kind of cool. I didn't want to ask for help from the king because we had already told him God would take care of it, so... We better pray and fast that God will take care of it, so, right? Um, <clears throat> Mr. D, in chapter 10, verse 3, which we already read, 
I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. He was almost out of the room for that one. Um, He was fasting for the fulfillment of God's promise. Jesus fasted and spoke the word of God to overcome Satan in Matthew and in Luke. Jesus practiced fasting when he was tempted by Satan. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Also in Mark and in Luke, during these 40 days, he had loneliness, he had a satanic attack. I'm sure there were wild beasts around. He ate nothing, and he came out of it hungry. I think I would probably be gnawing my fingers off. Okay. Jesus fasted 40 days to begin his public ministry in Luke chapter 4. Elijah needed to fast 40 days before he got heard God's voice again in 1 Kings 19, verses 7 to 9. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink, and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mountain of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? That must have been a serious meal he ate there when, he, when the Lord said, Arise and eat, because it lasted him forty days. Moses fasted to receive the Ten Commandments, the law of God. Jesus says in Matthew 16, 6, not if you fast, but when you fast. God made it clear that the prophet Joel, through the prophet Joel, that the last day's outpouring of the Spirit will be in proportion to our fasting and crying out to God in humility, hunger, and repentance. That's in Joel. Even King Ahab moved God so that he did not bring full judgment down on him. In 1 Kings 21 and 7, um, leading up to that, Ahab had said to Elijah, said, you know, you're my enemy. I have found thee because you sold yourself to work evil in the sight of the Lord. Behold, I will bring evil upon you and take away your posterity. And in verse 27, and it came to pass when Ahab heard those words that he rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his flesh and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went softly. And it says later down that... Um, the Lord said, because he'd humbled himself, he would not bring the evil in his days. Fasting follows Saul's conversion. The first reference to fasting in Acts is in connection with the dramatic conversion of Saul on the road to Damascus. We know he was left blinded. He was led into the city of Damascus, where for three days, without sight, neither ate nor drink. Now, fasting isn't easy, and we get it. I... I have to believe, I don't know, maybe not. I know that the world gets worse and worse and worse and worse the longer we go. I think that some of these things get harder for us to do as a result, not just because of the evil in the world, but because of the convenience in the world, right? I mean, in North America, it's hard to go hungry if you are, have a job of any kind, Okay? I'm not saying there aren't people out there who are hungry. There are people out there living on streets who are hungry or don't have food. 
they're having a hard time finding jobs and stuff. I get that. But for most of us, especially the people in this church, there ain't a one of us going to go hungry. Okay? It's, it's hard to do because we're so used to the convenience of, I'm just going to go grab this. I'm just going to go grab this. Oh, the pilot light's out on the stove. Let's run out. Well, instead of figuring out how to light the pilot, I'm just going to run and go grab a sandwich at Dairy Queen. Right? It's really, really easy to get things. Um, those things that we overindulge in outside of food. I can get my book on any electric device. I can listen to that music on any electric device. Um, we were talking about albums over the weekend and how frustrated I get that I have to get up and flip the stupid thing over after four songs. I should just be able to click the next button and it should play the next four songs. What is with this old-fashioned technology? Because today, right, we are overindulged in all of this stuff. So anything we fast, food, pleasantries, or conveniences, anything like that we fast is hard because we are so used to them. But still necessary. Sister Nichols spoke to us a few years ago when we were in preparation for the defast that the physical pain is due to detoxification of our bodies. All that accumulated poison starts to come into our blood and we feel dreadful. And then it also induces spiritual detoxification. So you got to get through. It's going to be painful. It's not easy. Okay. As a general rule, our flesh demands food three times a day and complains when you deny it. It exposes the lie that you can't function without food. You can function without food. Now, you can't function without food for a long time, but it turns out you don't need to eat four meals in a day. I really need this Bible study to be over so I can go back to regular eating. Just telling you, that's how this works. It's, it's insane. Um, it's smart to prepare for your fast, so if you're going to fast, make sure you're, you know, preparing. If you're going to do something like um, you want to, you want to stop your six cups of coffee a day. You're going to give up coffee for a week and fasting for the Lord. You're going to put some prayer time. And, you know, normally you'd sit there for 10 or 15 minutes a couple times a day, drinking your coffee and bringing your emotions under control. And you're going to spend that time praying. That's great. You might want to plan that and maybe cut back a little bit at a time and not just get up the next day and quit because you might be in bed, hospital maybe even, um, plan, okay? We do this. You know we do this. We're going to fast tomorrow. So you eat every sweet that's in the house the night before to get it out of the way because you got to get rid of it. But then you're just setting yourself up to fail. How do we come off of a fast? Same thing. If you do a fast, now, those of us that fast a day here or there, probably not hard to come off. But if, you, if you've got something going on and you decide you're going to do like a two or three day fast, don't plan to go to Pizza Ranch the day after and just catch up. Okay, because you're going to make yourself sick. All right, I mean, there's some common sense stuff out there. And there's actually so much out there right now about fasting on the physical level. Okay, aside of the spiritual part, there's a lot of good information out there about how to handle the physical side of fasting. 
because so many people are using it for health issues. So you, you, can, you can read that stuff and plan ahead. And if you don't understand it all, ask Sister Jeannie. She will explain it to you because she she's read it all. She's, she's Miss, yeah, I'm just telling you. Um, so fasting. How many wants to do it tomorrow? Not me. Not me. Oh. Did you really say that? Smarty. The only time we need to know you're fasting is when pastor calls a church-wide fast. You should know if you didn't know. Um, generally, when the pastor does things like that, the leadership staff is going to be behind him on that. Okay? We are going to be unhappy about it, but we're going to do our part because that's what we do. All right? Um, if you're, you know, if you're going to help move the, the vision of the church forward, you want to be a part of that, and the leadership team does. So I just don't want you to think that pastor's calling fast and we're over there eating, you know, bonbons and Doritos. Okay? We're, we're doing it too, which is why we won't use the word and we, okay. Um, but outside of when he calls a fast of some sort, we don't need to know that you're doing it. Maybe your family needs to know because they need to know not to make food for you that day. Or if you're doing another kind of a fast, like you're trying to give up something because you've let it, I don't know, you've let it crowd out your opportunities for God to talk to you. You might need to let them know, hey, you know, I'm not going to watch that video with you on Friday night like we usually do with pizza. I'm going to, you know, go do something else. So your family may need to know. But outside of that, you don't need to come and tell the rest of us how how much you fasted that week, okay? It truly is between you and God, which is why I would never ask you to raise your hand if you're fasting regularly. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want anybody to ask me that either. But it's still important. We, I will ask how many of you are praying, and we're going to all raise our hands, all right? There are certain, but, but the fasting thing, it's, it's got to be personal, and you got to want to do it, okay? Got to want to do it. Pastor, you want to come and fix it? Thank you. She kind of led the way because I was thinking of a media fast Friday, Saturday, Sunday, starting with the Daniel fast the Monday after that. So we're in, she kind of, pro pro prophetic word. No. I, I do know <laughs> I do know that from my own experience that prayer